What's a pirate's favourite letter? No, you think it's the R, but it's actually the C. C. <laughs> <laughs> This is Jai Hitchcocks, and you're listening to The Jai and Woody Show. Welcome back to another episode of The Jai and Woody Show. I'm joined, as usual, by Paul Wood. Uh, look, we've, we've, been, we've been let down by numerous guests. I'm pretty fuming about it. I'm going to take a bigger stamp of authority when I'm approaching guests. Maybe a bit of... Um, I can actually... You can jump in as a bit of a standover man, Woody, maybe when we're approaching guests in the, in the future. But uh, look, we've got Alex Simmons... King of Rugby AM, TV broadcaster, TV personality, ex-DJ, The Simo. Yep, that's that's pretty much me. Yeah, well, you sound excited to be here, <laughs> the mate. career killer, <laughs> Paul Wood. I've been with Ollie Holmes this afternoon uh, <laughs> over at the Super League uh, for the new Betfred deal. And the Castleford surprisingly sent him to a media engagement. Oh, <laughs> I found hilarious. Go figure that one out. Um, <laughs> it was quite funny. No, but it was, it was good to see Ollie and... Uh, yeah, I said what is uh, jumped in your grave as fast as he could. Yeah, other wingers call me the career killer, but that's because <laughs> of my footwork. Um, that's for another time. Look, um, yeah, it's been an exciting, I guess, round of, of, of footy. If you haven't if you haven't caught it, we've had uh, Summer Bash, which was apparently Were successful. You there? Um, no, but I watched every game. He didn't go support your team. Nah, it's too far. Oh my god! <laughs> they don't give me pool. petrol mileage. So nah. Look, I did watch every game though. So um, yeah, look. Uh, Bradford took a massive amount of fans. Mm. I mean, have a look at that website. Uh, if you head over to the RFL, you'll, you'll be able to see it. They came in marching, drums, flaring, flags, raising. Um, they tore the place to bits. And uh, fortunately, the game didn't go like that. But um, uh, look, that's uh, for another time. We got Jay, it again in two weeks. Can I ask you, can yeah, any team apart from Toronto or Toulouse go up to Super League? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think they can. Look, the way the, the, way the playoffs work... You've only got to be there to win. I mean, you can you seen what happened to us against Leeds in the cup. It's a similar type situation. It's do or die footy. I think anyone in that top five can win on on a once off. I mean, Fev mm-hmm. had Fev had Toronto the other week. Um, they scored two late tries to to grasp a win um, at Fev. And look, it's a, it's going to be at a neutral ground. No one's going to have that home side advantage. Uh, if you're in that top five. Literally anything can happen. The only thing that that first spot has to rely on is they fall back and sort of get a second chance. But um, look, anyone can win. I know. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I was thinking the same. Uh, I was talking through the format with a friend the other day, and you know, Lee up there now, and uh, you know, the, the, they on the day. I think they they could be a good team. Uh, obviously, turning witness over at the Big Bash, uh, they look pretty impressive. Uh, I think Ryan Brealy's added a bit bit of punch to the attacking he, team. He's so, gone now, don't he? but this is what I was just going to say: if they can is get Brealy back, then maybe oh. they've, they've a chance of, of of going for promotion. I heard there was a little Bradford rumor in there. I texted Derek Beaumont on Sunday because yeah. um, we weren't at Butlins this year Butlins Gate we won't talk about that mm. um, but I said to Derek you need to keep um, Ryan Brilly and he said he has genuine pace and vision yeah. and uh, I, I think he's a great player and I, I've heard people not too complimentary about him as a player and I'm surprised because I've 
I'd, I, if someone in the championship, I'd have in my side. He 100%. can support, can't he? I mean, he's <laughs> always up the middle. He's always up the gut. And that's where most of his tries come from. I think, you know, it's it, there is a step up, obviously, from championship to Super League. You ask any any player who's done the transition, um, whether it's going from Super League to Championship, Championship to Super League. And, and, and I think, he, you know, there's question marks over whether he can do it at Super League level. You know, he had, he had a stint there at Huddersfield and uh, I know there were questions asked and he, he made a decision to drop down in, in the uh, Championship. So, you know, he, he seems to be hovering around the, the Championship. There's no doubt about it, Championship, level he, he is class he is a class player you'd yeah. have him in his team yeah I don't think anyone doubts that I think it's just that the, if he's a super league quality player yeah it's always it's frustrating I, I always find it frustrating when you've got quality championship players and they don't they don't seem to want to test themselves that much in super league and uh, yeah. you know there's there's been uh, numerous players all over my time another one was uh, was Turley at Lee he, he stayed with Lee and they got into Super League he did one season with them but at the time he was playing for Lee championship level and got picked for Lancashire now it would always have been interesting to see him move up and see if he could take that quality and be a standout player at another Super League club so yeah it's um, I f you know I'd like to see a few more championship players really really push themselves and test themselves yeah. Look, just back to the summer bash. Uh, 15,070 was the aggregate figure, which is an increase of 3,265, which really is just because Bradford are back in the championship. That's all I'm putting that down to. What do you reckon? I think that if the championship is going to survive and anyone underneath Super League is going to survive long term, they need to be selling stadiums out for yeah. an event that attracts all... 14 teams otherwise what's the point yeah look um paul woods organized for next week we've got ben thaler yeah i've caught it early <laughs> shots fired he can't Bang. let us down he can't let us down but i i uh, yeah i was i was in the barcelona airport and i saw him sat down with his, his refereeing team um the the touch judges and and I just absolutely give it to him and said listen this, these referee performances not you personally Ben I said but listen <laughs> oh you didn't do that I did, oh my I God, did. Mate, you've been good but I said I said listen you're you're all right Ben but the other ones I said I've had enough but do you know what I was I was at the Barcelona game I was watching and I did say to Ben I said Ben listen mate I said um, I'm going to ask ask you a question why are you constantly not just you, but other referees going constantly to the video of us. I said, because what it does is it takes momentum out of the game. The fans are sat there. They want the game to continue. And one of the answers was off one of the touch judges is, well, would you sooner us get it right or wrong? And I said, make a decision. Now, what really frustrated me is I was sat in the second tier of the, of the stand, right, watching this game. The yep. Wigan player put his foot in touch. I blatantly saw it. 20-odd thousand people saw it. The touch judge, who was the closest player... Uh, sorry, person to the player yeah. missed it and they went to the video of F. Now, that for me is saying that you're incompetent of making a decision. So, why are they constantly worried about making the wrong decision? You know what I mean? I, I always say, and I'll, and I'll finish on this. When I was a player, I put my head above the parapet and I opened myself up for criticism. Some people said I was decent, some people said I was shit. 
So, um, you know, and that when, when <laughs> you, Simon, you, Simon, <laughs> said I'm a, Simon said I was a legend. <laughs> but, you know, and you open yourself up to criticism. And as a referee and a touch judge, unfortunately, the industry that you're in, you open yourself up to criticism. You're going to make some good decisions, bad decisions, but you're just going to have to live with those decisions. You know, and it's water off the ducks, but criticism, it comes with the territory. So, unfortunately, if you can't take the criticism, you've got to ask yourself, are you in the right job? Yeah. Well, look, to just back that claim up, I don't know if you've seen the the Saints game um, uh, what's the winger's name shocking Swift okay he was two and a half metres off the ground <laughs> and the ball came out it's of his laughable, hands mate. and they went it's to laughable. the screen right At the Bradford Halifax game there was a, a, a bloke from Halifax dragged into touch right? yeah, I saw that. dragged into touch <laughs> I'm talking half his body was in touch and the, the touch judge had to move that's how close he was he had to move out of the way and he, he kept his flag down the, the Halifax guy picked the ball up, moved it back into the field of play, and then played it, and he said, play on. And I was just sitting there pulling my hair out for what's left of it. Um, mate. Mate. It comes down, again, it comes down to, are they competent enough to be, make it, you know. What, can they, I ask you a question? Why aren't more former players like yourself, would it, referees? Oh, because we know the stick. Right, no, it's nothing to do with that, mate. I can take stick. If I was a referee and I made the wrong decision, I'm going to, like I say, why? Whatever you do in the public eye, right, whether you're a referee, a touch judge, or you're a player, you open yourself up to criticism. I took enough as a player, right, and you've got to deal with it. It never really affected me, the criticism. I could take that because I knew what the situation I was in. Probably one of the reasons is financially, it's just not rewarding. It doesn't reward you at all. It's a full time job. It's a full time job, very inconvenient hours. All your weekends are taken up. You make the sacrifices as a player. Right? Why would True. you make the same sacrifices to be a referee when financially it's just not it's just not rewarding enough? Yeah. Now that is one of the reasons. If, for example, a referee was on fifty, sixty thousand pound a year, I'm sure that sacrifice would probably be, you know, be acceptable. Yeah, but but the but, but, but the referees and the touches, mate, they are nothing. decent. No, I think there's seven full-time referees in Super League in so, the whole yeah. of in the whole of the country. So and then there's about fifteen part-timers. So that have other work commitments, and you and you wonder why you get decisions like that. Um, yeah. Oof. So anyway, it's not attractive, is it? It's no. not attractive. But no. it's, I don't think it's anything to do with the criticism. Nothing. Yeah. Shots. Anyway, look. Um, I think Benny Westwood wants to be a referee. Uh, yeah. Really? He'll do anything, Benny. Yeah. Anything but labour. Video referee. Video referee. Yeah. Get it, get him away from the big screen. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. Sorry, Benny. Um, look. So summer bash done and dusted. Apparently a success. Yeah, I think... It, look, I enjoyed I enjoyed some of the footy. Um, I thought it was a good weekend. It looks like a, certainly a good weekend for the fans. Magic weekend this weekend. Moved from Newcastle to Anfield. Uh, what are our thoughts? Success right. or not success pre-game? Pre-game. Massive success. Yeah. I'll tell you why. Because they're starting at zero. It will not be as busy as yeah. Newcastle. But it's starting at zero. Let me just... Put you in the picture. Have this vision because I think everyone in rugby league kind of doesn't see this. The Super League are not an event company. They're not about selling tickets. The Super League is an entertainment company. They need to get their head into that vision of being an entertainment company. They need to make the game as good as it can be, yeah. right? The clubs are event companies. The clubs should sell the tickets to Summer Bash. Now, you read... <clears throat> The numbers, the all-time lows from certain clubs, 
Um, which it, that's the club's responsibility. Some clubs are dishing out the same numbers. Each yeah, year. it's just the clubs have got to be better yeah. at selling events. Someone, someone's been talking to Kel Fitzpatrick today. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I actually spoke to him and said hello, that's it. But <laughs> and then he gave you a piece of paper. <laughs> Super League, um, as a, if I were running Super League, you know what I'd do? First thing I'd do is I'd look at how to get Make as many president. people watching the game being as entertained as possible. And the first thing I'd do is bring back the shoulder charge. Oh, 100%. And... If you throw a punch, you don't get a red card. You get a sim bin, and, and you're allowed and to retaliate. Yeah, just no, no jumping. What? I tell you, what, no, no jumping. But if it's man have, on man, have a, yeah, have a little scuffle. Get yourself off for ten minutes. Calm down, and let's get the gladiatorial edge of the sport back because it's been sanitised and we're killing the game. And we need to be radical about how we change and go forward. I, I would say on social media this week, probably the most viewed clip, and I, I'm guessing, but I would have a good guess that the most viewed clip this week would be the Warrington forward, Sitaleke, putting Scott oh, Taylor yes. on his yeah, backside. Yeah. Now, 100%. let's be on it. How many people have seen that clip yeah, on yeah. social media? Quality. Said oh, that is absolute quality. That oh, is what no, we no. want. Do you reckon he's get banned for that? No, um, no, I shouldn't get banned for yeah, it. No, why can, you, why can you why? get banned for running hard? It's exactly the same as when Liam Watts got Mickey McClorum. He raises his elbow as he goes into contact, gets Scott Taylor flush on the jaw with his knocks tag out. He's gone. He's like all over the shop. It's exactly the same as Liam Watts on Mickey Mac. I think he got three games. If it's the other way around and he does that to Sitter, who's carrying the ball, it's a massive. Ban. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but it's exactly the same as Liam Watts did to Mickey Mack. Yeah. So, but what I'm saying is, bring it back, bring shoulder charge back. Everyone loves it. Well, What's the problem? Players don't mind. Well, look, it, just to play devil's advocate with that for a second. Obviously, throughout history, the gladiatorial sports have sold, mate. From the Coliseum all the way up until present, uh, your 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 violence sells, right? Yep. That's taken a little Barry McDermott quote there. Sex violence, and violence sells, right? But how is it that football has crept in so so dominantly with diving and these absolute bullshit you see coming out of football players diving? Who was the one the other week? Um, Patrick Bamford, Leeds United. Oh, that was wow. the most shocking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so why is that able to sell so such big numbers and rugby league can't? Also, you've got the concussion rules that are creeping into all sports. You could never possibly bring the shoulder charge back. You just couldn't do it. They wouldn't let you. As much as I'd love to, you just couldn't. Could you? I, I if, think if you get contact with the head, it's all like red, just like it in, is with it. Body on body, shot. though. So we're in danger. Of, we're in danger of killing rugby league and what it's totally. what it's built its foundations on. And oh, it's a, a working man's sport. It's a tough sport played by tough men. People used to come out in the thousands to watch it. And now I'm speaking to a ton of rugby fans. I was actually speaking to Wigan fans in Barcelona, chatting with them, and they say we don't really go to that many games now. We think yeah. the game's been spoiled. Yeah. They've gone over to the new camp because it's an occasion, but they don't go to the same amount of games as they would yeah. go and watching Wigan at home and away. If if football is the beautiful game, rugby league is the people's game. Yeah, and we need to give it back to the people. We need to look at be, have a bold new vision of rugby league. And I've been in a workshop this afternoon talking about my opinion on, on certain things and, and it, it's pretty strong, it's pretty bold and yeah. probably it's too far for people but I think if we don't change and we don't reinvent Super League as a brand and that's consistently through uh, our broadcast partnerships of Sky Amazing but we also need to 
have some ter- terrestrial. So yeah. I think at least one Super League game per week should be on the BBC just to give the game back to the people. Yeah. Everyone should be able to see Rugby League. Every kid out there should be part of it and feel part of it. Super League clubs <coughs> need to get closer to, to NCL clubs because ultimately kids play Rugby League but they support football teams. Yeah, And we need to get kids engaging with rugby league again and, and we've just got to be smarter and more in tune with what's happening at the grassroots yeah i mean uh, the other thing if you if you were watching summer bash on the tv um the little 15 minute break between games they actually showed old grand finals mm. so they showed a, a grand final from um, 2005 uh, bradford leeds and and um, and so on and i think the first couple of tackles was field and uh, smashed uh moza and the next the next one was barry mcdermott's taking someone's head off and they were just quiet cautions whereas mm. the the game that i just transitioned from watching was absolutely nothing like that you'd be looking at a red card it's funny really because I, I, I watch them as well the Super League Grand Finals and it, it is it, sometimes you can think you're watching a different game you know what I mean if you watch games from 20 years ago 15 years ago and you watch watch today's games it, it is it's like it's really it is a watered down yeah, version it's not today the same. And, and I said last week I will never criticise players you know the, um, the the players are still tough players they're still, still skillful players but I think we've tinkered with the game that much it, it's just really watered it down and it's not what rugby league fans want to see they want to see tough fast games of rugby I think yeah. the good thing is bringing the stop clock in uh, where the you know it keeps the game work. flowing the well, <laughs> yeah, work. we've seen that it that it's not <laughs> worked not at certain games clock. I don't think there's been one but it, it, I think people want to see a fast game that's why I'm so against going against the going to the video ref and they want to see tough games and that's all spectators want to watch I do yeah. Uh, you know, I'm an ex-player, but I'm now a, a spectator, and I want to see fast, tough games. Would it, would, I'm not saying the game's not tough because it is, but what, what I tell you what, what one thing that you know the Callum Watkins simbinning right oh. from a tackle on the Castleford player, yeah. I don't have a problem with that with that tackle. There's a penalty because he's sort of slipped up, but mm. never it's, it's borderline, isn't it? Never a yellow, and like I'm good mates with Greg Eden, and he's all right. If you know, look, never a yellow, and it stuffed the game. He milked it a bit, though, didn't he? Yeah, but it. look, it stuffed the game for Leeds and um, Leeds versus London. Wow, oh, what mate. a game! That, that's that's the game I'm looking forward to most. Yeah, if you said to me at the start of the season, what Magic Weekend are you looking forward to most? Yeah. I would have never said Leeds, Leeds London. London. <laughs> right, but now that's all I'm looking Everyone forward to. Everyone up in arms, weren't they, when Leeds are playing London at Magic Weekend? All of a sudden, it yeah. turns out to be this Absolute huge thriller. game. I mean, look. Put your money on it now. Leeds, London, or Hulk are, who goes down? Well, I'm who basing goes, it. Put your money on it now. I'm basing it on this game, but I'm. Who oh. goes down? Jai. Whoever loses, Leeds. whoever loses the Leeds, no. London game goes down. There. Whoa. Yep. What do you, what do you reckon, Leeds, London, Hulk are? I'm, I'm sort of. At the minute, I'm, I'm saying Leeds. I think Leeds are going to struggle. You're saying Leeds Rhinos I, are going to get relegated from Seriously, mate. I, I, and crazy. I would, I never thought I'd say this, but... I, if they know, lose that game to London, danger. That's who, they're only okay. chasing one other team. So, so I, I'm telling you now, there's no way on God's earth Leeds <laughs> Rhinos will be relegated this year. But So what are you saying if they finish bottom of the league? I'm saying that the sport could not afford Leeds Rhinos. That's what I'm saying. So if they finish bottom no, and they got relegated. They won't finish bottom. Leeds will not finish bottom this year. They'll come good. They'll finish 10th, maybe 9th. But I'm telling you now, if they did finish bottom, could the sport afford to lose them? From so Super you're League? saying that Super League wouldn't let them 
drop down a division. I, no, no, I think the game was a bigger hole. Oh, it would a, be a, it would be a, we, dad, a bad day for rugby league. It'd be a stupid decision to allow them to drop out. So we're basically going to change the rules if Leeds Rhinos no. get to relegated. You'd have to. You'd have to. That's what's up with our game. That is exactly what's up with our game. You'd have to. I'm afraid. We Look, just change the goalpost too many times. Yeah, no, no, I think if I know you're a Leeds fan, Simo. I'm not a Leeds fan. But once the rules are set, the goalposts are there. That's it. The, the set. But do you think that, from a sports perspective, you could afford to lose them? No, 100% not. Rugby league would die a little bit losing let's, Leeds Rhinos. However, they are the rules. To, no, no, and no, no, there's, no, no. Another, exactly. there's another 10 no, no, clubs no, no. that say, get let out. paint this picture. We were saying this about Bradford. 2021 is the World Cup, it's the new TV deal. It's the year when the Super League sponsorship ends because Betfred have signed for two more years today. To lose Lee Trinos in 2020, the year before all that stuff happens, all right. it is right. just it's mental. I'll give you the alternative. 15 years ago, we're sitting in this exact seat and I say, could you lose Bradford Bulls? Mm. You'd but, say no, right? But 15 but years the, ago, yeah. yeah but you the, couldn't use them. But, but like the, Leeds, won, Leeds won the comp two years ago. Like, they're still very dominant. Don't matter because it's not going to happen. Leeds won't go down. He's a Leeds fan, isn't he? He's, he's just talking. Fan. He's it's talking with his heart. Not it's with it's his had to pick one team in Super League who I'd follow. Hull FC. Yeah, well, Hull look, FC. it's been a really rough month of sport for Leeds fans, so yeah. he's, he's a bit bitter at the moment. <laughs> I'm a Tottenham um, fan. Yeah. Anyway, look, uh, that ends part one. Uh, join us after these news headlines. Have you got a future superstar at your amateur club? Get your videos in now to the Bachelor's Mushy Peas Amateur Try of the Week. Just upload your videos to the Rugby AM Facebook page. Each week, the winning try gets a Bachelor's Mushy Pea official ball, and they go into the competition for try of the season, where one lucky team will win the chance to train with a Super League team of their choice. Outstanding prize for outstanding talent, thanks to Bachelor's Mushy Peas. Welcome back to the Giant Woody Show. Been an entertaining uh, little rant for the part one, but uh, still plenty to, to talk about. Yeah, plenty to go on. So if, you, uh, if you're a regular listener and you, you enjoy it, you know we do a little player section. We're not joined by a player this, this uh, week. We're joined by Simo, so we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of Alex Simmons. It's a dangerous place to go, guys. I, I, I've been wanting to go here for a long time. <laughs> go on, go on. So let's start the career. Uh, let, where do we want to go first here, Woody? Do you want to go? Do you want to go straight into the DJing days, or do you want to go pre-DJ days? Well, I always get asked: Is was Alex Simmons a rugby player? Right. So tell us I'll, how you got into rugby. I get asked: Alex Is he related Simmons. to Ross Peltier? <laughs> Only Jamaican. Um, I played rugby as a kid. True story. I, I went out um, one day as a, like a six, seven-year-old boy down to the local field playing footy with mates, and they were playing rugby. And I ended up playing for Penders Panthers under 11s, and that's the only team they had. So Adam Hughes, you remember Hughesy? He's like I'm godfather to all his kids. Good mate of mine. Um, I played in his team as, and he's like five years older than me. Um, and then every year. As I got older, I got closer to the under-11s, if that makes sense. Yeah. So by the time I went under-11s, I, I was a decent lad running around. I went to Boston Spa School. Great school, uh, but it's a football school. So never met my dad, never knew a dad. So I had no influence, male influence or sporting influence at home. I uh, went to school and they said, right, you're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're not a bad player, you're going to play football and uh, you've got to go home and 
you're not playing rugby anymore, you're going to play football, go join Seacroft Colts uh, and play football. So I went home, told my mum she was over at Moon because it's like yeah. not, it's not as rough as rugby. So I started playing Mums football. Mums don't want to see the kids playing rugby, do they? I, didn't, I had a bit of a fallout with one of the lads when I was like 15, 16, uh, one of the football lads. Ended up having a bit of a do. And then um, I went, one of my other mates, Matty Grosvenor, were playing for Milford. And he was from where I'm from, Winmore. A um, couple of lads, Blakes and, and Groves. And Li Winmore, sorry, Milford had just had like Bailey signed, uh, Mavers signed, quite a few players signed from the team. And they were looking for a few new players, a few big lads. And this is what we just come down and play uh, 18. So I played for two years down there before I went off to university. And uh, best days of my life. If it weren't for Milford Marlins, I'd never be here now doing rugby because that's where, although I, I was in love with rugby as a child, six to 11, yeah. um, I I never even would have ever gone back to rugby if it weren't for just falling out of my pal. So uh, Milford Marlins changed my life. Great, I, 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 I discovered friends there for life. Um, real proper people, when I say proper people, it's like, if I were out in town now um, and I seen Fletch or Austin or Matty Hayes or any lads I played with, it's yeah. a different bond yeah. that you've got with it. All my football mates and my mates, but and that's what I went to school with growing up and mm. I'm real close with them. But if anything were happening to my rubber mates, I would fight to the death yeah. with my boys because it's, that's. I don't think I ever played an 18s game without there being a mass brawl yeah. every single week. I've always said that about <laughs> footy is it, the best thing about rugby league is you get free mates wherever you go. Yes. Like you get a bunch of free mates. Some of them stick with you for life. And like being, I've traveled around a lot. So I've got like a lot of really good mates in totally different parts of the world. I'll go home. I haven't been home in 10 years. Up in Byron Bay, I see one of the boys, and it's just like exactly how you left off. Yeah, nah, definitely, definitely, that's it. The, the bonds that you make, but obviously, you didn't play pro, pro rugby. So, what attracted you and make you want to do the rugby AM? Because I, I obviously see behind the scenes and how yeah. much hard work, and sometimes you feel like you don't get rewarded because you do work extremely hard. You're one of the hardest working people I see. So. You know what makes you stick with it and and want to promote you know rugby league so hard? I think uh, I went off to university and um, do you know Greg Brown who plays for it was at Salford. So yeah. Brown, he was my winger. So I played centre. He played winger for Huddersfield. Wow, that is a, that is a big centre and uh, yeah. wing wing <laughs> partnership. Yeah, and um, it was great at that time. Um, and one of the lads tragically died. Randall, uh, top top lad. He had an accident. And died. And then the next day we're playing a game, or the day before we're playing a game, and I just stepping through a gap, no one around me, knee just blew up, gone, just totally knackered, gone. yeah, gone. And then I was DJing at the time, so I started DJing when I was like 17 professionally. Mm. Uh, I was just really good at music, I understood music, I was mm. like, it was my passion. It's not like that some people love rugby, I liked playing, I liked yeah. going out, but I loved house music. House music was my passion. I loved it and I was I pretty good at it and uh, house, garage, R&B. So I started DJing professionally and when I got injured, uh, it just ruined me. I couldn't fly anywhere, I couldn't go anywhere. And I just thought, I'm never ever doing this ever again. I actually went back to play rugby union when I was like 26 for Leo's and that was great playing with the guys over there. Loved rugby union, playing with those guys. But with rugby, um, I think because growing up and being mates who likes to chev, and those guys, and then the rugby lads all come into my clubs. So I had like a, a set of mates who, 
were earning decent money as a DJ, mm. but all these young lads who were literally champions, like, and Leeds, obviously, at that time, they had that nucleus of uh, Jonesy, Mav, Mags, Bales, uh, Chev, Calders, all coming through together, all local lads, and they all used to come to my nights, to my clubs, mm. and I used to be socialised with them all, and I could never work out why they'd be such, you know, such successful people and not earning that much money. Yeah. And But I knew the personalities and I knew how good a blokes were. And I kind of knew the stories away from uh, from them running around chasing eggs. I just thought, someone's got to like, you know, talk about this. But I was off doing DJing in Ibiza, all over the place, Dubai, and just that, doing that for my li- livelihood. And then when I got to 30, I just thought, you know what, I better get a real job. And I'd started doing... Um, uh, pirate radio station, yeah, and I, I, Arr. Ju- Arr. And I, I ju- <laughs> well, with the pirate, Arr. Arr, my artist. <laughs> but I, I genuinely, what's a pirate's favourite letter? No, nah, you think it's the R, but it's actually the C. C. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite good. Actually. Get back into it. <laughs> um, dad joke. <laughs> Full on dad joke. Um, so I just, I decided that um, radio could be the career for me. And I would DJ to Chris Miles one night and I said, Milesy, Milesy, um, I'm getting out of clubbing. I'm gonna do uh do DJing. I wanna be a, I wanna be a radio one DJ like yourself. He says, What's your show? Do Wednesday nights, um, six till eight and he's like, There's no show worth doing apart from breakfast show and I went, Okay. So the next day I went to the the guys that run the station and says, Look, can I have a set of keys? Cause I'm gonna open up and do a breakfast show. And um, they were all like, basically smoked a lot of weed, chilled out. Yeah. <laughs> they, they had no interest of ever being on air before two in the afternoon. <laughs> so I, I'd go down there and I'd open up and I'd just started doing this breakfast show on frequency. And it, were in, it were just phenomenal. I'd just sit there five hours and I just built it up and we had a massive cult following and everyone was listening to it. And one day I'd, I'd just seen how... Um, Chev had been treated when he broke his leg and a few other things that a few of my mates getting towards like not the end of the career but when they weren't as big in the limelight yeah. and I just thought you know what someone some more promotions got to be done about the game and I were really frustrated at the time because they're only boots and all on TV and I was just a bit I just thought nothing's really representing the players so I said mm-hmm. you know I'm going to do a, a breakfast show and the guys who are on the station went you can't do that I says, if you get out of bed and stop me, then I won't do it. They never stop me. So um, Rugby M was born, and on the first show, I just says, it's, we're doing a rugby show. Has anyone got any names? And my friend, who's uh, an MC, a guy called Majestic, he's pretty famous now, and he just went, well, we should call it Rugby M, like Soccer M. Mm. I went, yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. And I, I checked if it were trademarked, and it wasn't. So Sky had Soccer M and Cricket M, but they didn't have Rugby M, so I thought, trademark that. And Boom. The rest is is kind of history, and I think we went to. I looked after the Italians in the World Cup in 2013. The mafia, uh, yeah, the legends. <laughs> Anthony and he, he says to me, "Look, I'm, uh, if you ever want anything, looked after them properly, big time." Um, so based in Leeds, yeah, yeah, big time. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> basically, the um, it says if you want anything at all, anything at all, look after you. And I said to Minnie, I says, "Look, Minnie, I want to come to Sydney Roosters and learn." what makes the best club in the world and I went over there and I said I want to meet Bo Ryan and uh, understand this footy show thing because Sam Burgess had told me all about it 
uh, when he went over there and I went and met Bo and he was just the best bloke he, he's so humble give me like I was supposed to meet him for an hour and he, he was just come with me come on driving me around Sydney just taking me for coffees talking and still to this day we're, we're friends we still yeah. talk regular and it, it's given me so <laughs> much inspiration and I came back from there so inspired six months later I started on TV and after three, four, five months of being monthly, we got a deal to go weekly on Maiden Leeds, and then from there it's just grown, and we've been on week. I think we've done about three hundred and twenty shows, something like that, Boom. altogether. Beautiful. Um, I got a question from oh. the um, from the DJing days. Where was the loosest party you ever did? <laughs> Mate, loose in what terms? Just wild, like just wild. shit you see where you just go. <laughs> right, I'll unbelievable. Tell you. We had a night on a Thursday called Habit at Space, and um, it was when I was probably at my wildest, like fully mental. I started that night when I was twenty-four year old, and I was—I used to rock around in a full velour tracksuit, big Jordans, big chain. I thought it was so <laughs> cool, uh, and I really wasn't that cool. Uh, Semi cool. N- I was—I—I I always had a mentality where. And, it, and I just, I was a law to myself, a complete law to myself. Yeah. I had no fear of anything, no worry about anything. And I'd just literally go hard daily. And everything I do, even to this day, is like 110%. Like I'm all or nothing. Yeah. And um, it was just like that. And we threw some of the wildest parties, like pajama parties, like... Uh, massive name DJs and we just go out for like four <clears> or five days um, straight just went to Ibiza and <laughs> I missed like six, seven flights I, went, <laughs> I, I, I DJed in um, once DJed at V-Fest first year and, and just partied that hard the next morning I had to drive to Manchester to catch a flight to DJ in Portugal and I would just I haven't been to sleep I haven't been to bed sat in the airport at the check-in desk of, to, to actually go through to the gate. So I'm sat there waiting to board the plane. I'm just like, oh my God, you know, he's dying, yeah, yeah, yeah. fully dying. And I just closed my eyes, woke up and everyone had gone. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? And the, the girls at the desk went, why is everyone? And she went, on the plane, I says, well, I need to board. And she went, no, no, no. We shut the door. And I could see people not even on the plane. I said, look, they're there. They're just, let me get on. She went, didn't you, did anyone call Alex Simmons? She went, yeah, we were calling Alex Simmons. I went, who did you think was sat right in front of the desk <laughs> with record bags? He's the most <laughs> Alex Simmons looking bloke ever. I'm like, what do you think? And she went, we just didn't think to ask. I went, there's nobody else here. There is no one here. And I had to wait for the next flight and I was late for my set and it was just a nightmare. But, yeah, I still didn't learn. <laughs> I don't know whether you'll answer this one, but who is the loosest rugby player you've ever parted with? Wow. What a question. That's a good one. I've got a bit of a dream team of my own, but... <laughs> um, loosest for just madness. Someone who... I've, there's a few. There's a, there's a few. There's a. It's hard to pick with other like, players. Yeah, no, I know what you, know you mean. What? It's a tough question. I'll tell you what. This one thing I'd say is that um, what you get with real bloods is is a, a, a real good time. Like the good, <laughs> good time boys. And you no, smiled I, when I think, he said that. I think, I think the thing the, the thing to say is I think everyone's got a good time in them, 
And when you've got the mentality, when you go out and put your body on the line, there's very few players who don't let their hair down. And yeah. I'm not going to sit anywhere and tell stories about individuals because it's not fair because what we do in our past shouldn't determine our future. And we know we've all made mistakes. We've all gone wild and gone mad and we've had fun. And what I'm saying is I've had a lot of fun with a lot of people and they're all good blokes. Well, one of, one of the first times I met you socially was when we went to Magaluf in 2012. <laughs> the end of season do, you was there with a... It was it Scoots' stag do? Scoots' chef. Yeah. I've still got hashtag Maga12 written on my arse. <laughs> <laughs> but that was one of the first times I'd met you socially. Obviously, I've done oh, a yeah. few bits and bobs we had before, but um, and that was... Uh, Pretty yeah. wild. I'd, I'd just done me, uh, <laughs> just done ruptured my testicle. Actually, I'd had an operation four days after, and we went proper, proper. Well, yeah, uh, swamp toughest man in sport. But um, yeah, we went proper, proper hard on that holiday, and yeah. uh, there were some characters there. That was um, that was one of my all time highs. That as far as like just keeping the party, I got man of the match for that. <laughs> I was just I were fully in party mode and wagger just. Um, yeah, I ruined what I get that week. <laughs> <laughs> if you can leave a stag do with me to the match, you've done something right. I've been to MAGA once, right? And um, anyway, I, I, um, I got home. I must have been home about five or six weeks. And I was brushing my teeth. And I seen something on the inside of my lip. And I thought to myself, what the hell is that? Anyway, I've come away with, I don't know if you can see it. Obviously, people listening can't see it. But I got silky tattooed on the inside <laughs> of my lip. <laughs> Well, Ryan Bailey actually got his eyelids tattooed on that on that tour in 2012. Um, so they was all all having bits of tattoos. But R Richie Myler put me yeah. to bed that night and put me in the wrong hotel room. I woke, <laughs> woke up with loads of lads from Runcorn. So that that was just <laughs> absolutely mental. And, hey, uh, I, I was with Bales when he got that done. So we were over at Road in the bar and we were steaming. We'd been out second day going hard. And we'd just drunk straight through. Yeah. We'd all made a pact, right? We're not going to sleep. We're not stopping drinking. <laughs> Tommy Gallagher, if anyone who knows him, two spoons, he was the best man for screws. He went to bed after the first night and didn't come back out. <laughs> we didn't see him again until oh. the plane. But Bales, I went, look there, the tower shop. Let's go, let's go. Who's going to get to? Who's going to get to? I was like, Let's go, Magato, So I went over there. I said, I want a Magato. Went Magato 12 on my ass. Yeah, well, I get it on there, yes. And Bales just went, I want love and hate on my eyelids. <laughs> so like, it's like one-upmanship times a hundred. Yeah, like, wait, yeah I'm not getting Magato 12 on my eyelids. And he sat there and I'm thinking to myself, this guy could just quite easily blind him for life. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, we were steaming. We were absolutely steaming. And he's just like... The best, and, the best and worst thing about uh, these rugby trips is you just, no one gets to let their hair down. You finally do. And it turns into this massive bloody game of top it. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Everyone's just like, oh, he did that. I'll do this. He did this. I'll do that. Um, no, it's mental though. And that's, 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 that's the competitive nature. And then you walk yeah. into a bar and you think, oh, I wonder how long it's going to be before we get thrown out of this one. And then we've got to go to the next one. And it's just, it's just yeah. carnage, isn't Can it? This is another thing that stays in rugby league circles, all these yep. stories, which is the greatest thing. Yep. I mean, it's it's almost like we deserve a president's black book that gets passed around to rugby league teams. <laughs> and only players that have got to a certain level can read the read the actual stories. But um, I've always thought about writing a book when I, when I finish, but I'd take about 200 guys down with me. I think uh, one thing I will say about working in rugby league is uh, it's been an absolute privilege. Yeah. And the, from the, the, the way rugby, rugby Ames works is the players were the first people to buy in. And if it wasn't for the support and the belief of the players, it would have never worked. Mm. The players bought in, the fans bought in, the clubs bought in, 
the RFL and Super League bought in slowly and then businesses have started buying in and, and allowing us to create these studios and create the show. And one thing I will say is that, you know, if it weren't for Jamie Jones Buchanan, it would have not got this far because I think in any walk of life, in any partnership, you need to find the yin and the yang. Yeah. And, and Jonesy is, it's really weird because when he met me in 2013, <coughs> I was still really, really loose. So yeah. I, I, were, I were really loose. And <coughs> I think that, you, you apparently you sp the the five people you spend the most time with, you become most like. Mm -hmm. And over the last six years, like I'm more like Jamie Jones now, and he's more like Alex Simmons. So it, it's kind of like he, he's got a few of my qualities. I've got a few of his qualities. A big one is is obviously going to church and and starting to uh, believe in God, and that's been really big big for me in my life since my dad died. So um to find god and to to actually have something an inner strength um against various problems i've had in my life yeah. to help me, help me cope uh because it's been a really stressful journey we haven't had much return on it for the amount of hours i reckon i'll be on about 30p an hour if i counted all my hours yeah. for all the work i've done but i i wouldn't do it any different because um I watched this speech by a guy called Robert F. Smith. If you, if you want to watch it, watch it. It's unbelievable. And he said the, the real value of success is is about like those hours doing the grind and it's the grind whether it's a value. And I do feel like um, we, me and Jonesy have put some real time in. I don't think people really give him the respect, uh, really understand, unless you know him, what how special a bloke he is. And whatever he does next in his career when he finishes this year, it's gonna a winning ticket. It's oh mate, yeah. whoever gives it gets him to work with them. Whether it's Rugby M or the RFL or Super League or Leeds Rhinos or another club, they've got the best bloke I've ever met yeah. ever in my life. He's the number one bloke I've ever met, and I don't say that lightly because I've met some really really good people on this journey, and I'm really excited about what's next with the Jamaica stuff I'm doing and the the World Cup. Um, Rugby M, I feel like I've got it to a point now where. Uh, it's just ready to get a few new commercial partners and people like yourself, Jai, I think that, you know, I'll be honest with you, I don't want to be presenting Rugby M in five years' time. I want people like yourself or Woody or Ashton Golden. I always had a vision of Ashton Golden taking over because he's so he good. He speaks really well, doesn't he? Yeah, he's just so good and he's a good person. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's it's about succession planning and knowing, um, being understanding that in life, the only constant in life is change and you can't be scared of change, you've got to embrace it. And I knew at 30 year old, there were other DJs coming through and it was their time. Uh, even though I could have kept DJing, I could even now to this day, go back to DJing and a very good living. It's it's only got so, so much of a shelf life and I've always believed that you've got to be young for what you do, you've got to have energy, you've got to have vision and I've done this for seven years. I want to get to 10 years, get to 2021, and then have somebody trained, ready to maybe take over the show and, and crack on and, and maybe do something different. When Maybe with Jamaica, maybe in the corporate world, who knows what's next. Well, what's been the most difficult thing, though, with with you know with doing the rugby AM? And what's been your biggest barriers? Because you just said there, you know, good cop, bad cop, you and Jamie Jones, but you can. And, yeah. uh, I see your working relationship, it is special, and you do work very hard, but what's been your biggest barriers? The frustrating thing is there's the lack of energy and commercial appeal for the game because we are governed by the game we're in now. When Super League and the RFL are at war, that leads to so much disruption, so much uncertainty, so much 
bad press for the game that everyone who works underneath the game, whether it's the clubs or Rubem or anybody else, they're limited to how the, the as a game you've got to be confident, you've got to be vibrant, you've got to be energetic, you've got to be visionary, you've got to appeal to a younger audience and you've got to do it all under a brand that everyone can buy into and believe in. Now, if that's not happening at the top, you're limited to what you can achieve underneath. Yeah. And that's and that's the frustration is the fact that and, and the other frustration is and I'm not going to point fingers or name names. I feel like in my time in working in rugby league there's been far too many people who have worked in the game at a senior level decision makers who it's just been a job to yeah. now the, it, it kills me inside because this game is so special the people who we serve are so special and that's the fans and the juniors and the amateurs and the players they put everything into the game I was speaking to a guy today uh, from Lee Miners and he's, he was talking to about a festival he's doing, and it was so much passion. They're doing a three-day beer festival, and it's just um, June 22nd, I think it is. And it, the what he's putting into that event, and he's, he didn't work <coughs> for the club, he's, he's an amateur. And it, I just thought, if any, if he put that much effort into like a summer bash, if yeah. there were a hundred of him doing summer bash, yeah. the summer bash would sell out. And what I'm, I'm not saying that people aren't doing a good job. What I'm saying is... No, you can say that if you want. Because some people aren't doing good jobs. No, no. Some people aren't doing good jobs. But what I'm saying is there's too many people in the past, and I suppose there is now, who don't... It's just a job to them. Yeah, it's a bit it's, of a pass the parcel, not my job, someone else's job. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We, we, we saw the passion when we did the NCL last year. We, we went through all the amateur grounds. Every single amateur ground we went to, we said... How much passion? How good is it to go back to the community clubs? See how, how people are volunteering, and you know those people have got the passion. They're not always got the right ideas, but like you said, the, the passion and the enthusiasm is still there for the game, and those people do need to be involved. And um, you know, it, it is. Are you are you saying? Have you seen uh, rugby league? get weaker over the years being involved with rugby AM. Are you saying some of those decisions by the powers that be have made the game, you know, weaker as, as a product? 100%. 100%. I think we've, we've we've lacked strong leadership and I think we've, I think Robert Elston coming in is a breath of fresh air. I think we've got a really charismatic, experienced commercial head who can take us forward as a game. And I think that, you know, as, as a sport, we just need to, and I think they are a bit, the Arafil have got a massive role to play. It's like they've got to work out how those two organisations coexist because there is no rugby league without the RFL and 12 clubs can't make the decisions for the game. There's got yeah. to be an independent body. Um, and I just feel like there's we've just got to be more bold and more vibrant and be more confident because we've got an amazing product, but we are in, in danger. We are in, 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 in endangering the fibre of the game by losing the gladiatorial aspect, in my opinion. So who's leading the race now? Which clubs would you say? Because you talked about it being an entertainment business and an event. So who's, who's leading the way? Who do, who do other clubs need to look up to now and Warrington. say, right, how you guys are doing it? Warrington, mate. Media, were, from a that, media perspective, yeah. Warrington, it's just... Uh, Warrington are great. They're, they're just very, very, very good at... At the marketing side, and the thing is, what people forget is the, when you look at what they're doing, they're not spending big money. Mm. And look, they're just taking the time to go and do something. They've produced a clip today yeah. of Anfield. 
No other club has gone out to Anfield and provided their own content. They just haven't done it. And that, it's as simple as that. They have trekked to Anfield and filmed. It doesn't. You don't need to be a genius at, yep. at marketing and editing to just go there and put the man hours in. It's just brought something up, though, that I've just remembered. I was watching um, the Super League show and Radford, Lee Radford, the whole FC coach, mentioned the social media of Warrington and he said he f the players and him found it so disrespectful because they mentioned how many points he'd scored against them last time yep. and he said that they used it as extra motivation so do you think do, do you think it can play a part in, in the performance of the opposition or do you think he's just Nah I think look. I think Radders is probably out of all the people I've met so obviously I knew Jonesy before but of all the people I've met I'd say he's the person uh, I've, I've grown closest to because I've got nothing but respect for him. He's a tough, tough man, and he's always been so, so good with us in Hull of a club. Uh, Hull as a club, I said to you before, if I had to spot one team, I'd spot Hull, and that's probably, probably more because of Rads and how the club have been with us over the years. I think it's it's an amazing club, and I I think that the, we need more of that. We need more clubs like the, the what's happened on this show with Ollie. It's just insane, in my opinion, oh. and it's, it's no, like, in my opinion that, too. That, that that clip of you saying. Cast of shit. That should have been replay, replayed and replayed and replayed and replayed. And it should have just got... The, marketing is about the art of conversation. It's about inspiring conversation, good and bad, to grow the awareness of the sport. Now, when you swore on the NCL last year, that was the most viewed clip yeah. last year of anything we did and any part of Rugby M because it was genuinely... Funny. Yeah. And I must point out though, it wasn't my fault. It, it, it should have been edited. <laughs> it wasn't my it's fault. I didn't swear this. on live TV. It was, it was pre recorded. The banter police and the P PC brigade need to really get off the high horses and just enjoy <clears> life a bit more because we're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time. And, and yeah, that's the thing. You're, you're too woven in to people to have a say. I mean, if this happens in football, that gets turned into a meme and retweeted by 15,000 people. It doesn't get shit on it because you're not close enough to the, the player and, and fan engagement. And that's what we tried to do. I mean, it, it, that's the thing. It is an art. It's not a democracy. You don't get a fucking say in, in what's happening, all right? Like, it just is what it is. You enjoy it or you don't enjoy it. That's it. Like, it's, it is ridiculous, but look. That's, I guess that's a, that's a whole nother can of worms. Talking of controversy, I mean, again, Carl Fitzpatrick, I'm having this conversation with him, and he was saying the oh, most... Friend. Yeah, my white friend. Donkey. Oh, Fitzy. Oh, <laughs> I'm Fitzy. Oh, it's me in the room, hosted Fitzy. But the controversy, the controversial things that happen in, not just in rugby league, in the world, are the most viewed things, and one of the most viewed... 100%. One of the most viewed clips on YouTube, Carl was pointing out to me, it wasn't, it wasn't a sensational try, it was the Ben Flower incident in the Grand Final. Yeah. It was the most viewed clip, so people do view it. But it, I think that's exposure for rugby league, and and you know probably not the best clip that you want to show someone in rugby league. But Why? it's exposure. But if someone if someone said to Who you that they've never watched rugby league before, they've <laughs> never me. watched the game, right? You're talking to someone from I don't know some Scandinavian country. They never watched rugby league before. You said, oh, what's it all about? What clip are you going to show them to illustrate rugby league? <laughs> it's either going to be like the glossiness of a Roger Tuivasa sidestep or a Kalen Ponga if you're going to show the fancy side. But if not, you're going to go straight to biggest hits of all time. 
right? And that's going to include stuff like that. Yeah. So look, Sonny like, Bull shoulder charge. Oh. On, remember on Marcus Bai? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and Marcus Bai <laughs> never, never, never recovered. Like, like that. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's like rock. Man, are you? He shot someone just before that as well. It was one on Marcus Bai, and it was one Bills. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely flattened him. Were you sure you needed? You needed, like. A shotgun to put Marcus Bai down. We used to say to Libras, do not kick to Marcus Bai. Because <laughs> if you he just used to pick your way to run straight at you. Yeah, you know what I mean? He's just a tough very, bone. very strong, tough competitor. But he ended he ended his career basically, didn't he? Oh. Sonny Bill Williams. He I never came back from that. He ended a few careers. Um, I met him. It was in uh, went to the World Cup last year, which was phenomenal. And Marcus were there for PG. And we walked in, me and Jones, it's the England PG game, and there he is, Marcus Bai. A uh, bit bigger than he used to be, um, but oh, he's he, Melbourne Storm days, mate. mate it was just it was just great to see him, and, it, and and you know what? When obviously I never played at that top level like you would it, and um, it's not saying you. Oh what? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> 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 I just caught on there. Yeah, sorry, mate. No, yeah, um, go on. But but when watching Jones's face when he saw Marcus, I just and it would just it was like. Just the kid at Christmas. It seemed like someone answering for ages. And we went to, um, in, when we were in New Zealand, we went out for breakfast with Alan Lawatiti. And Alan was the person that took, got uh, Jonesy into church. And it was really special to see their relationship. And I just, I realized then the importance of the relationships we're building. I've been so fortunate to meet so many good blokes, mm. uh, whether it's in the clubs, on the show, wherever it's been. The heart of rugby league is such a good heart, mm. and I think that that will keep the game going through the dark times. But we've got to restructure it, refresh it, and relaunch it because if we don't, the game will die. Mm. My my kid plays amateur rugby now, and and you know it, it is it's the community sport. You know that'll keep rugby league alive, and there is some special bonds, and you know rugby league just certainly a winner when it comes to that i think it beats any other sport hands down when it comes to especially like the friendship you make you know, the friendships you make and yeah uh, yeah it is it is special. i think you can always count on, a, on on one of your rugby mates like you can always count on them um yeah look that wraps up segment two join us next for silky segment three as a parent it's really important that kids have fun stay fit and meet new friends Please come along to the Rugby AM Elite Kids Camps this half term and your child could have two action-packed days of fun, friends and rugby skills. Head over now and book your kids on EliteKidsCoaching.com. Let's quickly review the games. Uh, Leeds 8, Castleford 30. Uh, what do you got to say about that one, Woody? Uh, <laughs> I was going to say it, but now nah, for for play, I mean Leeds Leeds are struggling at the minute, aren't they? and they uh, and you know it wasn't a great great spectacle to watch, was it? But um, yeah, uh, Jesse uh, Senilla Flair. Uh, hey, your pronunciation is off there. Yeah, he's uh, he's killing it at the minute, isn't he? He's, uh, yeah. seems to be a big strong runner, scoring quite a few tries. Um, I think it were. Like I say, I, I've, we've touched on it, but the Callum Watkins decision to simbin him after such a tough tattle, tackle, it was borderline, but 
Um, again, it's, it's stuff that fans want to see. For me, it was just a big hit. And oh yeah, um, look, give him a penalty. Never ever a yellow card for me. Um, I think yeah, that needs scrapping, and that pr- it cost um, leads some crucial game time and and a few points, which probably put him to rest. Um, anyway, let's move on. Uh, Saint Helens, Salford. Look, what a game. anyone that this is the best game I've watched all year. Uh, I mean, Saint Helens started that game like they were going to win sixty nil. They absolutely came out like a, I don't know, a, um, a bullet a gate. A steam train. Yeah, they came out all guns blazing. And <clears throat> Salford, to, to their credit, weathered it and came with a spirited fight back. I'm pretty sure everyone at home wanted to watch Salford win that. I, I predicted last week that yeah, the Saints yeah, yeah. would do a, a loss and, and they, and they <laughs> nearly did. I was sitting there thinking, Woody's nailed this. Yeah, man, but, I know my rugby league. Don't worry about yeah, that. But, but not well enough, actually. But Yeah, but um, I mean, I, I watched Salford absolutely annihilate Warrington at, at the Easter period. Salford are a good team. Oh, when they, on their day. On the day, mate, they're really, really good. And, and they're, a, they're a dangerous team. They're really good attacking-wise. Mm. But again, going back to the video of referee decision when uh, Swift, you know, blatantly knocked the ball on two meters from the line. What what's going on there? Yeah, um, that, but we'll we'll get into referees NFL. next week when Ben Fail is on. But can I ask um, you something? Go real on quick. Go on. Oh, go on. Firstly, obviously a big shout uh, to the family, Janssen's, Carolers, yep. mom. Uh, obviously, uh, former softball player, awful, and everyone's supporting him and. We're going to be pushing some stuff out. I've just done a little interview with uh, his former teammate, Jackson Hastings, just to, to push him out. So watch out on socials for that. Uh, but what's your thoughts on the rule that players have to be told if they're getting kept or not by May? But now Josh Jones has signed at Hull. And obviously he's, he's playing for Salford, killing it at the moment. It's signed for Hull next year. And from a Salford perspective, they've, they've got this great side together this year that's playing out of the skin. And feasibly I think they've got quite a few players off contract next year no one knows if Jackson Hastings is going to stay there I would doubt it personally just because I think there's going to be some massive clubs in for him he's he's killing it and what's your thoughts on that well look there's obviously the Daryl Alfords rumour to Cass the Mitch Clark rumour to Wigan um there's a lot of rumours circulating Anthony Gellin to Warrington yep um is that a rumour yeah (laughs) I'd love him for social media hey look is are that you, a fact? Are you referring, so is that a rumor? That, 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 I read that, that a fact? I read that this week. Let's be fair. He'll know because his best friends are fitting. Friends. <laughs> friend. Look, are you referring specifically to um, clubs being upset about the April 30 deadline? No, I'm just um, is it right to have that rule? Well, look, if in any job you need a small bit of security, okay? In rugby league, your security is not very long. Yes. It's short-lived. It can end at any moment. Um... You know, we need some negotiating time as a rugby league player. Yeah. Up until last year, I didn't find a club until October. All right. Wow. I was looking at, I was looking at having. This is what this is what my plan, and it was pretty. It's pretty sad, but this is what my plan was. I'd have to leave my two kids. I'd have to leave my missus, move back home, quickly work my absolute ass off to afford to get them into the country, find her a job, and basically start from scratch. That's what it was going to be like, and that's what I didn't know. And luckily, Bradford came. You'd in. go home. I, really? Well, well, I can't. I can't work in this. I can't work in this country with on my visa. It's a tier two sports person visa. As soon as I leave CAS, my my visa terminates. I'm I'm leg, illegal in the country. I'd have and looking at three thousand three thousand for a leave to remain, which I'm a year off getting anyway. So that that was the that was what I was facing. That's the 
nuts and bolts of it. I was, I was fucked. And um, anyway, to put it bluntly, yeah, that, I was. I was struggling. I was in a bad way as well. I was like, look, I don't know what I'm doing. I broke my back. Um, uh, my back is broken. <laughs> the final. Um, yeah. So look, that's how it was. And luckily, Bradford came in saving grace and. Um, he had been injured ever since. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they won 104 nil or something, and he didn't score a try as a winger. 20 nil. Um, look, yeah, but I'm coming ready. I'm coming good for the business end of the season, mate. So that's where I do my best work. Um, yeah. <laughs> so look, yeah. On on that, I think we I think we need. You should be allowed to negotiate with whoever you want. I think six months, seven months is is not enough time at, at all. I mean. The good players, the the high end players, you know, they're never gonna have a worry. But all the players in between, they're always gonna have a worry. You, you luckily you didn't have that worry, Woody, because you're the toughest man in the league. But look. Do, well, did that, this is what was surprising to me when I took the transition to go into uh, the coaching side. Uh, how quickly that the coaching staff were actually looking at players for the following season. The season had only just started in February, March, and already yeah. they were planning for the season. You know, after how so, so you don't know looking, how your players are going. I know, yeah, mate, but it's you're, lo- crazy. You're, lo- you're looking, mate. You're looking and you're looking at form, and you're, and, you're, and you've got these ideas in your head because before you know it, it your season starts yeah, in February true. and March. Then all of a sudden you're in April, mm. and the season just passes you by. You've got to be the first one in there. Yeah, especially and if you're underperforming in the first year. Yeah, I know it may have been differently. I mean, we got promoted to Super League, so once we was in Super League, we're sort of a small fish in a big pond. So you know, they had to really plan ahead and make sure that you know they got the players that they wanted but uh yeah it was it was a real eye-opener to see some of the discussions and uh you know what uh, how things were done that went wrong didn't it yeah massive some, of them, some of them players yeah. i felt for Derek at time because he, he, he put his money where his mouth is mm. and they were just terrible some of them buys sometimes your money's not enough though mm. you need cohesion we spoke about this now. we spoke about this last week though i love what about they've done with all the a, an accumulation of everything's got to be pretty much tip top you know your environment your players your coaches yeah, your coaching staff. I tell you the one thing that's never changed in rugby league if your players aren't happy off the field they are not happy on the field right and all throughout rugby league every year you hear stories of mm. oh the players aren't happy off the field so they're not going to be happy on the field mm. if they get that right that's the key to success oh Choxy 101 was that straight out of Vince Lombardi's yeah, oh, that one, yeah. Um, Angels and Demons by Dan Brown oh, nice. um, <laughs> <laughs> I just made that up that's what I do on this show uh, Huddersfield 30, Hull KR 22, also some some breaking news, but we're not live, so if you catch us on the podcast and you're a bit of a hermit crab, this will be breaking news to you. Thomas Minns has signed with Hull KR. He was also yeah, going to be our guest, but for obviously reasons, he couldn't. He was doing photo shoots. Uh, Huddersfield 30, Hull KR 22, there's not much to really know about that game. Huddersfield got the late win. Uh, did you see the quick tap try? Nah. Nah, he missed it. Nah. Yeah, it wasn't on TV. You have to be a real rugby league enthusiast like myself to have caught this. Um, <laughs> quick tap. They got him with the old quick tap. Hulk uh, AR, what's his name? Uh, Tompkins. He just three metres out. He pretended like they were going to kick it backwards to touch. He just tapped the ball and walked over. Yeah, no one bad. in front of him. Oh, bad. Uh, yeah, it was shocking from the other team. Anyway, we'll move out of that. That cowbell is pissing everyone off as well. We need to can that. Uh, Catalans 33, Wigan 16. I mean... Talking of positive stuff in the game, in a game, in a week of rugby league where you've got six six games at uh, Anfield and a game at New Camp, there is a glimmer of hope. 
But uh, what'd you take on the game? You it was there. It, it wasn't a spectacular game, was it? You know, no, what I mean? there was a lot of drop ball. Yeah, Wigan were quite good conditions. Wigan were poor in attack. They look, they look lost. I mean, George Williams looks dangerous when he gets the ball, but he, he's, he's just they just don't look that structured at the minute. And um, Hotchum goes smash Warrington this week now. Yeah. They, they, they <laughs> Do you know what Warrington though? They, I mean, we'll get on to the Warrington and Hull uh, score, but. I said it for a few weeks now. Warrington ain't performing to the best. They're sitting second yeah. in the league, Rap, but performance-wise, for twelve to yeah. sixteen. Yeah, that could now. be a big lot. But Mamo is coming back, and Mamo's class. He's been outstanding for Warrington when he's been playing. So yeah. it'd be interesting to see uh, how they go. But they haven't been firing Warrington on all cylinders. Wigan, you know, they could turn turn Warrington over at Magic. Yeah. I feel like that's the danger that Warrington is sort of only in third gear. Mm. You know what I mean? I think they've got another couple of gears. Yeah. Right. Um, anyway, moving on to that. Warrington, 12. Hull FC, 19. Uh, Warrington go down. We sort of just spoke about that, didn't we? I mean, they're in a good position. I think if you caught the Blake Austin interview uh, uh, Anfield, you'd say they're playing some decent footy. They're in second position. You only need to make the top five. If they're coming into the last few games with a bit of a wet sail, there's no doubt in my mind Warrington are the danger they're all the only massive danger to saints at the moment so but i'll tell you something right see. so i text rods on saturday saying friend uh, congrats. <laughs> oh friend i did i said congrats pal <laughs> and he's before yeah for remo tumavavi talanoa dawson logan bowden ellis houghton manu Savelio lane all missing yeah that's, that's a big effort to yeah. go away to warrington and win yeah. I'm saying now, dark horses. Would you say Hull and Catalan, dark horses? Saints, say I was Catalan. saying, I would say Saints and Catalan. That, I, that I was thinking this when I, after the Wigan game, I came out and thought, Do you know what? It's a bit open this grand final. So Saints I called and Catalan. Catalan start of year for mm. grand final. Okay, but in that respect, what about mm. if Wakey get all their players back and yeah, Cass Wakey. get all their players back? Mm. You, nah, Cass are shit. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> hey, I do not. That's I just, be an just for dis, just for disclaimer purposes, <laughs> and I live in Castleford. I do not agree with Paul Wood's comments. <laughs> hey, Cass come on, it's banter, Cass fans. Let's, uh, mate. Cass are going to come good, and they're going to do Warrington. Nah, Cass are a good team, mate. Like like we said, they're struggling with injuries at the minute. They look a bit flat, but you know they've, they can't, they can't rotate the squad like they. But Wakefield, like you said, Wakefield, you know, on the day, they're the class team. So um, they play some nice rugby. Yeah. I think it's wide open. I think, can't, realistically, wide Saints... Wide open. Saints have lost one game. Yeah, but they, only have, wide to, open. they only have to lose yeah, one exactly. game. Exactly. This is the trouble with one. the playoffs. You can be the form team. Saints did it last year. Form team, you don't reach the grand final. Yeah, let's say this. Let's say this. You're, you're, you're saying Hull FC could be the dark horse. What if... Uh, Saints get Hull FC get done, then they get Warrington. I th I think there'll be a new name on trophy this year. Mm. Let's have a look. Anyway, uh, London forty two, the upset of the round. London forty two, Wakefield thirty four. Very high scoring up. game. Yeah, yeah. London yeah. forty two six up. Mm. Best quote I had this week. Squeaky was, ass time. Uh, Danny Ward saying if Ryan Hampshire run down that wing one more time he would have jump off bench and tackle him himself yeah, yeah. and did you see Ryan Hampshire's reply he, yeah. he re-quoted it and said that'd be another missed tackle <laughs> <laughs> how good's yes. that yes Rocky lad legs Look, blown uh, off 
double. Michael Dublay's everywhere. Reese Williams, two. Kieran Dixon, two. David Feeder, two. One of them off another kick. No surprises there. Mason Caton Brown, two. Rocky Hampshire, one. Jordan Abdul, four in the first half. This week, uh, we've also got the Magic Weekend fixtures. We're going into some bit of predictions. Uh, Wakey, Catalans. Well, first, Simo, you want to talk about Fan Zone? Yeah, we're in the Fan Zone. Myself and Woody hosting it across the two days. So all the fans, I reckon there'll be over 50,000 fans there. I yeah. think it's going to be a big success. Uh, we're doing it with Jenna Bruff. Um, it was, <laughs> what are you laughing, Jack? <laughs> it was, it was uh, Danny Bruff's wife. And um, yeah, we're going to be there on stage. Some activations with November in the fan zone, the man van. Uh, Rubbly Cares with Bachelor's Mushy Peas. We've got um, all sorts going on. Woody versus Barber the fans. Is Barber... Barber not there. Oh, he's, no, not, he's not there. Gorted. So you have to get yourself Gorted. an haircut. Um, yeah, we're there all weekend. It's going to be great. So if you're at Anfield this weekend, get to the fan zone and come and say hello and give us a wave and all that stuff. I've been in the fan zone with you. Remember I tried yes, to do a little magic act on stage? Yeah. Almost pulled it off and stunned thousands. But um, look, let's get into the predictions. Wakefield, Catalans, first game. Kicking it off. Who you got? Catalans. Catalans. Yeah, I'm going Catalans as well. But, you know, Wakey... We'll get some players back. Uh, right, next game, Hull FC versus the Huddersfield Giants. Got to go Hull. Yeah, Hull yeah. yeah. FC. I'm going Hull. Um, Wigan, Warrington. Probably the yeah game of the day. I'm going to go Warrington. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Right, who I, you got? I, I'm going to go for Warrington. I'm going the wire as well. Um, right, on it's to not, day two. It's uh, not very good. This is, You should be doing other teams, really. What's that? Just to see who wins, because there's no competition. We're all going for the same teams. Well, I can't help my my picks. <laughs> you want me to go first? I'll no. go first. Salford, Hull, Hull KR. Uh, I'm going to go Salford. <laughs> I'm going to go Hull KR just to be different. <laughs> well, I'm going to go Salford. Yeah, well, it's it's for a big prize at the end of the year. Um, this courtesy is the of one. Rugby This M. is the one. This is the, the, the juice. I'm going to go London. I am going London Broncos. I'm going Leeds all day long. Okay, well, speaking of... Let's let's go then. What are we saying? Little little. Do you want coffees? You want coffees for well, me? We're, we're, we're already having a Ryan Hall, but yeah, no, you're slugging Ryan Hall. Oh, you were slugging Ryan Hall. No, I just think you were slugging Ryan Hall. I think There's it was no a bit rusty. I think it was a bit rusty. Cost, he should, he's he been out for an ACL. Yeah, he should, they shouldn't have played him. I know um. someone pulled out prior. Tupu pulled out, and he, they put him into the because he was playing reserve grade. I think he just would have. It would have helped him a bit more. Would have helped. Yeah. Look, anyway, that... Righto. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so, you go, you go on Leeds. All right. So, coffees will be on you all right. Right, next week. Yep. Uh, last game, Saints versus Cass. How do you see that one going, Woody? Obviously, the form, you're going to offset Saints. Yeah. Do you know what? I'd like Cass to get a win, though. Oh, I love, I love Cass. Oh, I love oh, Cass. He comes I love crawling Cass. Daryl, forgive me. Come on. Please. Love you, no, Do you know what? I'd love, oh. I'd love to see Cass get a, get, a, get a win, though. I would. I like nah, Castle. I, I think Castle would. Yeah, I, I think, think Castle yeah. would. Yeah. Some look, good lads just... at Castle. Look, I don't get this finger at your heads that I don't like Cass because I said oh. I, I made a flippant comment. I like uh, Cass. I like uh, you know. You've ended one career. <laughs> you can't end mine. I got a letter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Protected. Signed by the boss. Right. I hope it's a cracker. Look, I, I really do hope for for rugby league in, in as a whole that the community all comes together and we really just get a cracking weekend at Anfield and, and just showcase what rugby league is all about. I hope every game is an absolute thriller, golden points and bloody everything firing off and I'm just sitting on the couch absolutely loving every second. We'll see you next week. Always a pleasure, never a chore.
This is a Rugby AM production.